Welcome to Comics in Christ. Once again, Comics in Christ is brought to you by Anchor FM. Anchor FM, do you have a unique voice? Do you have a unique message that you want to share around the world? Do you want to do a podcast? Do you want it to be on iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify? Then Anchor FM is the app for you. Anchor Anchor FM, and the best part, it's free. Welcome to the Comics in Christ. My name is Michael Davis, and as we are moving in to Holy Week, I want to... Well, okay, this is technically Comics in Christ because I'm using popular theater, but it's almost 100% religious content today. I want to use some imagery from Jesus Christ Superstar. I want to tie together some things that I have been dealing with as a United Methodist pastor and some things that I noticed as I watched the Fox Live uh, rendition of Jesus Christ Superstar uh, just recently. We recorded it, we've rewatched it recently, and there's some things that really jumped out at me that disturbed me. I kind of want to process it a little bit. I want to process it through also redirecting, readdressing many of the things that we've been dealing with as a denomination and the denomination that I serve, the worship center that I serve a part of is a part of the United Methodist Church. And if you guys have been following Wrestler Faith Media at all this year, uh, you've heard different podcasts, different conversations, different discussions about the February 2019 special called General Conference. And the special called General Conference this year was specifically focusing on issues relating to LGBTQIA plus individuals and their uh, participation in the worship in our worship centers. Um, LGBTQIA plus people are welcome to worship. Uh, LGBTQIA plus individuals are uh, welcome to be in the choirs, um, depending on the church's individual. Um, responsibilities, individual focuses, uh, LGBTQIA plus individuals can do things including leading small groups and teaching Sunday school. Uh, again, depending on the local congregation that's overseeing the, the conversations. The one thing that cannot be done and still cannot be done even following the 2019 General Conference is they cannot serve as ordained ministers and they and United Methodist pastors, ordained uh, full elders, ordained pastors in the United Methodist Church cannot perform uh, same-sex marriages. Uh, so those are the two main topics that kind of had conversation. Now what's happened after this is it's frustrating. It, it's definitely uh, highlighted, it's put a, a spotlight on how um, divisive our culture is at this time, and and I have participated in this, but uh, it's the reality that I have to uh, I have to be honest about. But the divisiveness that exists is between two factions of people that feel like that they're right. There is a dominant faction of individuals that lean on a more conservative stance, conservative understanding of LGBTQ, LGBTQIA plus individuals and um, uh, culture, and that is its biblically inerrant um, lifestyle. 
And that's a stance that is presented by the more conservative side of the denomination. There's many progressive sides. If you've listened to Wrestler Faith over the many, many years that we have existed, you know that I exist in the, the progressive side. There is a side that says that hate is incompatible and we the language is used at any time of exclusionary language is an image of hate. So even in that conversation, I hear the divisiveness. Even in that explanation, I hear the divisiveness. But what I've been watching lately, specifically on Facebook, is we have these conversations and the conservative side presents an idea that says what scripture says, it says what religion says, it says uh, what um, the denominational histories, our Christian history says. And then there's this other voice that says equal rights, equality, um, exclusionary language is not of God's will. Um, the language that fights hard for the idea of outreach and care for all individuals. So I'm explaining this very intentionally because of what I noticed the last time that I watched Jesus Christ Superstar. And it's something that has really bothered me. It's bothered me uh, since the viewing from last night. So I want to sit down and make this podcast today. I, I want to share with you, and again, Jesus Christ Superstar, a rock opera, Andrew Lloyd Webber, um, so I'm not talking about direct Holy Scripture. I'm talking about Andrew Lloyd Webber's interpretation of Scripture. But every time in the musical Jesus Christ Superstar, I watch conversations happen between Christ and the, the, the episode, the uh, version, the rendition that I've seen recently was that of the John Legend um, Fox Live version. I can't remember the individual who portrayed uh, Judas in that. But the conversation is between uh, John Legend as Christ, uh, this other great individual who also was in uh, Cast of Hamilton. I, I can tell you his career, I just can't tell you his name. And it's Judas and Christ interacting with each other. So I, I want to share with you the language that I hear in Christ, in Jesus Christ Superstar. Again, uh, don't come at me. I know I'm not quoting scripture. I'm quoting Andrew Lloyd Webber. And I want to talk about the language that I hear in Judas. And I, I kind of want to talk about, you know, the frustration I've been having all this, specifically after watching Superstar again. Or the very opening song, Too Much Heaven on Their Minds. Judas is singing, he's kind of setting the platform, he's building the stage up to get to this very specific moment in Christ being, so that they can tell the story from uh, Christ from one point all the way to the cross. And too much heaven in their minds is sort of Judas venting about all of the religious zealots, all of the, uh, the, the religious followers of faith, and how... They seem to have more on their minds their eternity than the reality of being active in the present. And it's, it's funny. You know, one of the lines that Judas quotes and um, too much heaven on their minds is uh, they'll, they'll, how that people twist around the words of Christ and make it fit what they want to say and what they fit what they want to do. 
And I've been dealing with that a lot lately because, you know, what I'm dealing with is I see it. I actually see it on both sides of the coin. I see the conservatives on one side using biblical language to support what they feel is scripturally right. I also view the progressives use scriptural language to support what they think is right. You know, everybody's using the Bible to, to talk this through. You know, that's one of the things that I've kind of said over and over again in my career in ministry. You know, the, the scary thing about the Bible, especially those of us that went to seminary and studied the Bible on a secondary level and started to look at it more distinctly and started to dissect it a little distinctly, is I literally, I can make the Bible say whatever I want the Bible to say as long as I am willing to exclude parts that doesn't fit in with what I want to share. You know, it's, it's kind of hard to step in to a religious conversation because either I step into a religious conversation with individuals who have read the scriptures, who've read the Bible in such a way that talks about their eternal salvation, solely about their eternal salvation. And I can hear every scripture about everything it needs to do. I can read through Paul's writings to Corinthians and talk about where not to go and who not to talk to as long as I'm willing to exclude what Jesus Christ did. You know, there's so much conversation that I've had in this, and I think about too much heaven on their minds and how people can reconstruct the biblical language to fit their feelings and concerns is the reality of it all is. The, the, the interpretation fits the believer, and that's scary. It's very scary, again. I can talk about what it takes to go to heaven. I can talk about what Paul said, who not to spend time with. And Paul, you know, Paul very directly says, uh, avoid uh, not to be around homosexuals. That's Paul's language. But then, I mean, for me to follow Paul's language and use that in my sermons and to present a too much heaven on their minds ideal, I have to exclude what Jesus Christ did. So if I go on the other line in the, in the progressive side, the progressive side would set Paul's language aside and they would use the reality of Jesus Christ. The reality of Jesus Christ is that Jesus Christ went to the places that no one else would go to. He ate and spent time with the drunkards and the thieves and the prostitutes. And Jesus Christ went to the least of these. Jesus Christ said, whatever you do for the least of these, you do for me. You know, Jesus Christ warned that whoever that we exclude, we're excluded. And it's, it's the juggling of words and language. So that's the first thing that I started dealing with when I was hearing too much heaven on their minds. Then we get into the song when that Judas and, and Jesus are fighting against each other. And Judas is, is yelling about the oil. Put on the fine ointments, brand new and expensive, should have been saved for the poor. That song. And Judas is coming at Jesus with this idea that what matters the most within their focus, within their expenses, within the things they're doing, Judas in this song 
is using the language that I hear progressive Christians use. Judah starts talking about all the people, all the living things, all the, all the least of these that we could go to and the, how that money could be done and used better to make a stronger impact on the cultural environment. What hurt me was realizing that in the redemption of Andrew Lloyd Webber, the King James Version, the New Revised Standard Version, the Andrew Lloyd Webber Version, it's Judas that's using this language. And Jesus, in the same song, responds that look towards Christ. Make sure the care goes towards Christ. Make sure that all of the energy and the benefits go towards Christ. I had a hard time with that. And again, I'm realizing that I'm using the Andrew Lloyd Webber version of the Bible and not NIV, King James, what have you. But within that argument, there was two things that really started to set in and bother me. The biggest is the language that I've been using for about a year, specifically on Comics in Christ and Wrestler Faith, has been the language that I am hearing coming out of the mouth of Judas in this song. And everything has frustrated me from looking at Facebook and talking about the importance of being scripturally inerrant and, and, and uh, uh, scripturally focused. I'm hearing coming out of the mouth of Christ. And it's a little juggling point, because in one point in my life, when I compare these two songs together, in one point of it I'm comparing, when that individuals have too much heaven on their minds and they begin dissecting scripture so that it says what they want it to say, so that they can merrily live their lives and prance into the kingdom of God, hopefully, is that individuals begin to break down the scripture and listen to it for what they need to hear for their eternal salvation. They either listen to the words of Paul warning about whom not to spend time with and warning about the places to go, or they're listening to the words of Christ and seeing what Christ did. And if we are the hands and feet of Jesus Christ, we're going to those places. Then I get the challenge back again, being shocked by the language of Judas using the outreach, using the social gospel as his language, and Jesus Christ using the conservative language of where to focus. had a really hard time with that, and I'm still kind of dealing with it. It's why we're recording this podcast today. And it's why also I need to also once again restate, I'm talking about the gospel according to Andrew Lloyd Webber. When I start balancing this out, weighing it out, figuring it out, the reality is this. When that Jesus Christ was challenged by the followers and they were asked what the greatest commandment is, Jesus Christ said this one statement. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind, and all your strength. That encompasses the commandments. To live faithfully as people who are following the commandments of Jesus Christ, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind, and all your strength. But then he adds one more thing. Jesus adds one more set of words that sets it apart. It begins to reconstruct 
what Christ's mission on earth is actually about. And when Christ starts to reconstruct it, he says the words, and. And whenever Jesus Christ says and, that means be quiet and listen to me. And love your neighbor as you love yourself. That's the balancing act. So when I go back and I hear too much heaven on their minds, where's my focus? My focus is not on the eternal benefits of an individual. My focus is how do I bring those eternal benefits to others? And more importantly, making sure that I bring those eternal benefits to everyone else. So instead of looking at Paul's language as shared back to me in the conservative voice, where not to go, what not to do, I begin to be a person who knows that I kind of need to go to those places to celebrate, to share, to convert, to win souls in the name of Jesus Christ. There's this like this whole other level to it. And since this is comics in Christ, I, I'll go ahead and use this analogy. If you ever watch an episode of The Simpsons, there's like three levels to every joke. There's a surface level that's funny to anyone that watches it glancing it. And then sometimes there's an educational joke that's like another level underneath it that is funnier than the surface level joke. And then if you're really paying attention and if you know the complete history of the program, if you know the complete history of the joke that's being shared, there's like this third level for all those people that have actually paid attention and learned and grown. And that's when I come back to the scripture. When I use the language of Paul and the conservative voice and I try to weigh it against the song too much heaven on their minds, it's when I also become challenged to scripturally, historically dissect what Paul is not saying on the surface level, but saying at a deeper level. We hear the surface level words. Don't go here. Don't do this. Don't do that. That's the surface level words. But then there's a secondary word and it comes from biblical exegesis. It comes from breaking down the scripture. It comes from breaking down the time period that the scripture was shared. It comes from breaking down the situation and the lives and the cultures that Paul is actually dealing with. And what Paul is doing, he's, Paul's trying to lay a foundation. And Paul's trying to lay a foundation in a very spiritual, weak place. If you look at Corinth, Corinth is a very spiritually weak place. Corinth is a place that's so blistering with so many different cultures and so many different understandings and so many different world backgrounds as Paul is trying to lay the foundation of what becomes our modern day Christianity. It becomes so focused to have everyone to be focused on this one thing that he needs to challenge them to separate themselves so that they can find their place in faith and then go back and participate in the communities and be involved in the communities so that those communities can be touched by this life-changing message. It's a challenge to learn and grow. It's a challenge to look at the world through a different set of eyes. You know, the one of the scriptures that many of our dear denominations still use in their 
exclusion of female pastors is, comes from Paul's language. And it comes when that Paul is saying to, for the ladies to be quiet in the church and, and turn their focus towards the leaders. But when you dig through it even more, on the surface level, that's what you hear. But on the secondary level, what Paul is dealing with in this multi-diverse cultural area is all these people who are beginning to find their place in the culture, find their place in this new religious understanding. And some of them participated in a religious environment where they had a different focus. And many of the female leaders were trying to affix, to add on things from their cultural background to manipulate, to transform, to redirect this new movement of Christianity. And Christ isn't telling ladies to be quiet in the church. He's asking them to learn more about what they're understanding. To be quiet in this time period so that they can grow and learn and find their new place as leaders in faith. So when you begin to exegete, to break down the scripture, you begin to see what Paul is actually saying. And Paul is not saying don't ever be around these people because Jesus Christ went to these people. Jesus Christ challenged us in his last message before he ascended into heaven to go into all nations. Paul is not saying not to go there. Paul is saying learn, grow, transform, get your feet firm on the foundation before you go there. So now, as I look at too much heaven on their mind again, I begin to realize that the reality of it all is to stop, to learn, to grow, to find my footing, my foundation in the gospel so that I can take the blessings of that gospel and transform another person's life. When I look at the argument between Judas and Jesus in this scripture, in this song, the gospel according to Andrew Lloyd Webber, and I hear the progressive language from Judas and the conservative language from Christ, there's a challenge in that, not that the things that Judas is saying is not important, but to remember what feeds and fuels the importance. When Christ starts to sing back and fights Judas in the reality to focus on the new way, the new covenant, he never says what Jesus, what Judas is shouting for is wrong. But what he does is tries to focus the, the understanding of it, to refocus what's happening, so that through the proper learning, the proper growth, the proper study, the proper development, life can go to those places and have a more strong and positive impact. It's not all about either focusing completely on Christ or focusing completely on the social gospel, but it is about not forgetting Jesus Christ in the social gospel. And that's the reality. That's the reality. And that's what I'm hashing out today. Thank you for dealing with me in this episode of Comics of Christ. My name is Michael Davis.